This is part two of our discussion with Chris Joslin, executive director of the Bluegrass Music Hall of Fame and Museum. This week, he talks about his background in bluegrass music and the October grand opening of the museum. Stay with us. This is Inquire. From the Mystery Inquirer, I'm Don Wilkins, and joining me this week is Chris Joslin, and we sat down together on the stage of the new Woodward Theater and talked about how he got into bluegrass music, and then he talked about what it's going to be like whenever they officially open up the museum in October. How did you get into bluegrass? You know, that is such an interesting thing because I didn't really, a lot of people I meet who are into bluegrass, it's like they're second, third generation bluegrass. They grew up in it. Um, my father was in the Air Force and moved a lot when I was a kid, but I've got an older brother, his name's Jeff, and uh, he's a bit of a maverick. He's He was always into anything, you know, just, you know, just a lot of energy. And so my father got transferred to Nashville at some point along the way. I was in maybe fourth grade. And uh, so my brother decided he wanted to learn to play a guitar, you know. My father kind of ribbed him that, hey, everybody's a country music, you know, nut in Nashville. You better get with the program. So <laughs> he's a talented guy, so he got a guitar and started learning to play. And, you know, I wanted to get in on the game. So got a pawn shop, sold my dad a banjo. And I was like, all right, let's see what that's all about. So I... Um, I met a guy, fortunately, Larry Paget, who gave banjo lessons. Man, I just took to it, I don't know why, like crazy. And so my brother started learning all this, these tunes with me. So I kind of had somebody to make music with and learn with. And, you know, we were just off off to the races, you know. Um, you were how old then? Yeah, I guess I was 10 years old. And as fate would have it, about a year and a half later, we moved within Nashville. And just dumb luck, moved next door to a guy named Mac Wiseman. He's in the bluegrass music. In fact, he's in the Country Music Hall of Fame too, but he was uh, in Bill Monroe's band and Platt and Scruggs' band and still uh, still alive and a great artist. I mean, what are the chances of that? So he had a son about my age, got to know him. He had a festival in Renfro Valley, Kentucky here. And, you know, we'd started a little family band. He invited us to play the festival. So we got hip to this whole bluegrass festival scene. So I don't know, it just kind of evolved, but to me, it was just all fun, but I loved making the music. I loved the jamming. I loved the camping and the festivals and just the community around it. And we go to some of the same festivals each year and link up with the same people and just play music all night. I just I loved it. And um, so that's how I got into it. And, um, you know, being in Nashville all those years, um, I stayed really active in kind of the local bluegrass scene, always making music. So I was engaged, but, you know, as Junior Samples used to say, I didn't let I didn't let it hinder my fishing. You know, I was I was engaged, but raising a family and and working in, in the corporate world. Um, so I don't know when this uh, when this role emerged, it was just a great opportunity to to really put everything together. That uh, my background, not only in business and you know put my MBA to good use, but also just you know naturally already had a lot of relationships and. The bluegrass music world. I was already part of the community, so well, it was just such a natural fit, and uh, I haven't looked back and haven't regretted the move to Owensboro and into this role. 
for a second. Were you familiar with, with Owensboro prior to coming here? I played Friday After Five once with a band about 15 years ago. That was really my only perspective. Um, when I got really uh, engaged with the IBMA, th this event had already moved to, to Louisville. So I did not experience uh, an IBMA event here in Owensboro. But I tell you, we were talking earlier about all the, the redevelopment downtown and just all the energy around that. Um, honestly, it was it was all that together. Like if I had come up here to, to interview for the job and meet Terry Woodward and the other trustees um, here, you know, it probably, if it were just a good concept, but um, wrong place, I probably would not have, um, you know, disrupted my life that I loved in Nashville to come up here. But honestly, it was the, it was, again, the larger story. Certainly, I knew I would love the job and I love the, the mission of the organization and the, the future of the organization with this building and all the new capability. But it was really the city of Owensboro and all the energy around the city and downtown that really put it over the top for me and certainly for my wife. That was part of the equation too, of course. Um, so yeah, did I know everything? Did I know all the complexities that awaited me here? No, but um, do I get up every day um, with a lot of energy, excited to embrace whatever's coming my way? Yeah, I do. After three years, it's still a lot of fun. Right now, a little over a month away from mm -hmm. this place opening, mm -hmm. um, what is that feeling like knowing that you know you're going to have this building and what it's all going to offer to the community and um, and and for you and I know Terry, mm -hmm. uh, who's been working toward this goal for mm -hmm. a very long time, and uh, and I'm sure a lot of your other board members have too. Mm -hmm. um, so. What's it like? What do you think you, you know, on the first night, grand mm -hmm. opening, and have you have you quite, you know, thought about what that's going to be like? Yeah, <laughs> I tell you, it's I'm so excited to get started. I've loved the planning stages, and I've used this analogy before, but in some ways, I feel like um, many of the folks involved in this project, and many you know, the civic and business community here in Owensboro. You know, they've been at this a long time, since the mid-80s, and I um, almost feel like, you know, if you use a football analogy that, you know, they have, they have done the hard work of grinding it out and taking this ball the length of the football field, and uh, then they brought me as a quarterback, you know, on the three-yard line, and I'm able to, like, you know, to play a part in putting it across the goal line. And so I recognize all the time and effort, money, and all the sacrifice it's taken to get to this moment. And so to have a part to come in and collaborate with these folks and hopefully provide some strategic and practical leadership to get it across the goal line, but then make sure that it's sustainable. Now that's exciting to me because it's bringing together this community that I've grown to love quickly because I'm part of this local community, but also this bluegrass community that I know and love and that I'm a part of. So to bring all that together um, in those worlds to, to really integrate through the capability and, and the, um, all the, uh, the promise in, uh, of this building, I think is it's really, really exciting. I think you got foundation that you guys have built all these years mm -hmm. and, and now you know, you're, you're going from, from 
from what was a nice facility, but to a facility that can do so much more. And we're setting it here in this theater here, which is impressive. Mm. Um, something, this is something you mm -hmm. did not have. I mean, you know, this is part of the, I guess, the wow factor, right? Yeah, it is. Well, this is our opportunity, Nolensboro's opportunity to be on the same par as the Country Music Hall of Fame and Museum in Nashville and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and Museum in Cleveland and the Stax Museum in, uh, in Memphis and the B.B. King Museum. And I mean, this is, we're stepping onto the world stage. This isn't, it's kind of like all the other development downtown, Smothers Park, Convention Center, all that. It's not like doing a little better than we have been doing. This is going from what we were to really stepping onto the national world stage. And that's the opportunity we have, and that's how we're trying to approach this. Um, I mean, we are the we are the definitive place for the genre of bluegrass music. This isn't just a nifty place to have this cultural center, but um, it's where it, it needs to be because you know bluegrass music is uniquely Kentucky. It gets its name from Kentucky. You know, the source of all bluegrass is right here in this in this region. Um, and we exhibit the Bluegrass Music Hall of Fame. I mean, there's a lot of legitimacy and a lot of authenticity to all that. So for this community and for this organization to be able to live that out more fully, um, I think that's what this opportunity is is all about. It's, it's going to be great to, because I believe in this genre of music. I believe where it's come from, where it's going. I believe it's in good hands. And I feel the same way about this community of Owensboro. I believe in where it is now and where it's going, and I feel like we're, the future is in good hands. So I think the time and the place is right for all this. Talk about the grand opening. What, what all What all, and who all is that yeah. involved? <laughs> it is going to be so much fun. So um, what we wanted to be able to do best we can is convey what you can expect out of this organization going forward in this new season. So the grand opening is really a series of events. And so it begins on October the 18th on Thursday. We, uh, we're working with the International Bluegrass Music Association. They're based in Nashville. Those are the folks who oversee um, the institution of the Bluegrass Music Hall of Fame. Of course, we exhibit the Hall of Fame. So, so the relationship is similar to the CMA and the Country Music Hall of Fame Museum in Nashville. But we're working with them to um, to actually do some Hall of Fame inductions on our first night. So the first event here, we're doing five posthumous inductions into the Bluegrass Music Hall of Fame. So that's gonna be quite an event. So we have a lot of current Hall of Fame members who are, uh, who are making the pilgrimage to, to uh, Owensboro for that night. For many of those, most of them, it'll be their first peak at this new facility. Um, we're also Sirius XM um, satellite radios broadcasting that event. So it's not just gonna be to 450 people within the four walls of this, but it's gonna be a national, international audience um, for that night. So, so I, I think it's gonna be a great event on Thursday the 18th. On Friday the, the, the 19th, we wanted to, uh, to let folks know what they can expect on this stage on a regular basis, an ongoing basis. So we've got Sam Bush, one of Kentucky's own, from right down the street in Bowling Green. It's a ticket event, concert event, featuring Sam Bush um, and his band. And um, I can't think of a better artist to do that. I mean, he's really engaged with the work that we do here. You talk about Kentucky being the source of bluegrass music. I mean, it's a great example of it right there, Sam Bush. And then on Saturday the 20th, we wanted to make sure that 
what we're doing here is accessible to everybody and we wanted to leverage that outdoor stage and try to communicate that uh, that we can bring this romp energy and this romp vibe downtown to this outdoor stage. So it's basically what we're doing on Saturday the 20th is a free outdoor concert. We've got four bands playing. Um, High Fidelity is a great band out of Nashville. A great uh, Colorado band called Front Country is playing. Town Mountain out of North Carolina and the headliner is uh, Yonder Mountain String Band. These are all bands that have played romp so again we're giving folks a taste of what that experience can be like downtown. That's free to anybody. So again, I think between those three days, it conveys to everybody, this is what you can expect out of us with a historic preservation around Hall of Fame with killer concert events in Woodbridge Theater, and then live music events, downtown romp style in our outdoor theater. And so there's something for everybody to engage. Um, so hopefully uh, it'll be mission accomplished when we look back on October 21st, we can say we're off to a good start. And that will wrap up our show for this week. I want to thank Chris Joslin for joining me. And to send us questions or to provide feedback, email us at newscast at messenger-inquire.com. Remember, you can find us on the Messenger Inquire's website, its mobile app, and iTunes, where you can subscribe to Inquire. Until next time, I'm Don Wilkinson. Good day for Inquire.